Hey there, and welcome to High Vibe In It. I'm Lindsay Robinson, hypnotherapist and success mindset expert. And I'm Kelsey Aida, inspirational author and blogger slash manifesting expert. And we're best friends who are inspired to create a self-development podcast with a spiritual twist. To us, living a high vibe life is all about creating with intention, prioritizing how you feel, and making empowered choices that support your highest potential. Every week, we're here to help you learn how to live a more aligned, inspired life, start owning your power, and manifest the life of your dreams. Visit highvibeinit.com to connect with us on social media and learn about more ways we can help. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. Now, we have a ton of value to offer you today, so let's dive in. So I've got some news for you. Just because this year has been super heavy, hard, and challenging for most of us, it doesn't mean that we have to deprive ourselves of joy and happiness. Actually, I believe this is one of the most important times, more important than ever, for us to let in more joy and give ourselves permission to laugh, cultivate a healthy, positive mindset, and just let more happiness in in general. Hence, my new book, Affirmations for Happiness, 200 Positive Affirmations for a Joyful Mindset Every Day. I specifically designed each and every gentle and authentic affirmation, mantra, and perspective in this book to help you invite in more happiness moment by moment, day by day. So if you've been craving more happiness, pre-order your copy today using the link in the description. And everyone who pre-orders before November 24th can enter to win a very juicy giveaway because I'm giving away a $1,000 gift card to my Radical Self-Love Retreat for 2022. So I know you guys have been hearing about my retreat for 2021. Obviously, it's going to happen again in 2022 because it's so awesome and it's always a hit. So if you pre-order the book, you can just send me a screenshot of how many copies you ordered. And for each copy you order, you will be entered to win this $1,000 grand prize. So go to kelseyaida.com slash giveaway to enter. If you don't want to enter, but you still want the book, you can still find the link there at kelseyaida.com slash giveaway. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to High Vibe In It. Thank you for being here. We are so excited for yet another awesome episode to bring you inspiration and clarity and motivation and all the good high vibe things that you guys love to receive from us. We love to give them to you. So today we have a very, very special guest. Her name is Julie Parker, and I'm actually going to let her introduce herself because I don't want to put her in any boxes. Um, But today we're going to talk about something very exciting that I think most feminine creatures will be excited to dive into and learn about. So Julie, thanks for joining us. Can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, this seems like such a simple question, doesn't it? And I know. Thank you. thank you both for having me on your wonderful show. I'm really appreciative of being here. Do you know, I'm just simply going to say uh, for the context of this, what I know is going to be really juicy, wonderful chat, that I'm a priestess and I hold space for women all over the world to connect to their divinity and find their sacred leader within. Beautiful. Can you talk to us a little bit about your definition of a priestess? Because when I hear this word, it sounds very mysterious, and I would love to hear your interpretation of. Mm. Well, firstly, can I say thank you so much for asking for my interpretation 
of it because if you were to ask many different women who considered themselves to be a priestess around the world, they would probably give you a different definition to me, even though there would likely be aspects of it that would have similarities and connections. I think it's the same if you were to ask someone what a witch is. You know, there are going to be different interpretations of that. But Within the modern context, my definition of a priestess is that they are a, a sacred leader and that in particular, they are someone, as I mentioned when I first popped on the conversation, the call today, who holds space for in particular other women to connect to their own divinity and find their own leader within. And so, what that means is that there is an element to the priestess that is about service. She, she is not somebody that is uh, a solo practitioner in any way. She might be a solopreneur, work by herself in certain aspects, but her work involves being in service to other people and usually other women. So that's what a priestess means to me. Uh, that's the definition for me. Now, what she can do in that level of service is something that is as vast as our hearts. You know, she may be a crystal healer. She might be a life coach. She might be a red tent maven. Um, she might be somebody that works extensively with essential oils and plant medicine and magic. It could come in many, many different forms. Um, she also could be, you know, a leader in a political office. You know, like sometimes I think of the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, for example, and I look at her and her leadership. Gosh, I feel like I'm looking at a priestess. You know, she is a sacred sovereign leader who is doing so much for uh, leadership from the capacity of empathy, compassion, uh, respect, uh, love. And she's the prime minister of that country. She holds the highest office in that land. And so we don't all look the same. We don't necessarily do the same things. So we don't float around wearing caftans and flower crowns all the time. Um, you know, that's photo shoot stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's a really, really uh, amazing thing if someone feels called to that, that type of leadership in their life. I think I'm a priestess. Kelsey, you, you might be a priestess too. I think it is highly likely that both of you are and that many, many women, you know, listening to this podcast yeah. could, could in fact be that and maybe not necessarily, you know, realise because the world of the priest, this is not new, you know, this is not a fancy new age word that's just kind of popped up in the modern context. It's been reclaimed. You know, the world of the priestess has existed since ancient times mm -hmm. in cultures, in Mayan culture, Roman, Greek, um, the Norse culture, all cultures, Celtic, uh, Japanese, Chinese, uh, so many different cultures throughout the world had women leaders who were considered to be uh, sacred spiritual leaders within their communities uh, and doing a variety of different things. Back in those days, they were conduits of the gods and goddesses. Um, that's a little bit different today, uh, but still the work that we do is the heart of it, I think, is very similar. 
So where do you feel called the most in your, or rather in this practice of, of priestesshood? Is that the word? Yeah, <laughs> priestessing. Priestessing, okay. Yeah, um, where do you find your most like innate natural ability lies in terms of like helping others or I don't know, creating that community and that space for people? Hmm. You know, I think for me, the, the thing that has most taken my heart about this path is the, the concept and lived experience of sovereignty mm. and the connection of sovereignty to sacred leadership. Uh, that has just really taken my heart in this world and work because if it's one thing that I've come to really know and understand is that it's not possible to be a sacred leader to be a really powerful, effective, compassionate, leading priestess if you are not working on your own sovereignty in your life. And what that means is you really having a look at how reliant you are upon the praise of others, you know, uh, how much you are truly independent and have your own back how much you have the capacity to be self-motivated, self-starting, um, really, really do things independently and on your own. And I think that so often when we begin to peel back these layers and look at our shadow and look at these sides of ourselves, many of us can realise that we're actually more dependent upon the opinion and support of others than we might like to think that we are. And when I say that, I don't mean for any moment that it's not okay to call for help. It's not okay to lean on others. It's not okay to ask for support. It absolutely is. But I think all of us can probably relate in some way or another to the fact that uh, we feel heartbroken if you know we share a post on social media and it doesn't get the traction that we want you know, or we launch something as a program and, you know, it doesn't go as well as we think it might, or we fall into a comparison trap, you know, through social media or in our businesses or in our lives, comparing our bodies or our way of being or how much we're earning with others. All of these things take away from our sovereignty. And so for me, exploring that world and helping women to be independent, sacred leaders, who are connected beautifully to other people, but firstly and foremostly, and most of all themselves, is to me the thing that has my, the biggest chunk of my heart with this work. So important too. Kelsey, I saw you scribbling what you got. When was the last time you gave any thought to your bed frame? Maybe when you bought your mattress because they threw it in for free? Well, you got what you paid for. There is no way that ugly hook of metal fits your style. Give your bed and your whole bedroom an upgrade with The Bed by Thuma. Thuma has spent years and thousands of hours creating the perfect platform bed frame for modern living. It's super supportive for your mattress. It's breathable and made to naturally minimize noise. Would you look at that? The Bed by Thuma is backed with a lifetime warranty. It ships right to your door and takes literally five-ish minutes to assemble with no tools. 
it could not be easier. This is not one of those annoying bed frames that's gonna take forever to assemble. And then if you have to move, it's a big hassle to take it apart and put it back together. This bed is literally like a wooden puzzle that just fits into place perfectly. There's a video on the website that shows a guy assembling the bed in like a few minutes and it is so cool. And believe it or not, this bed helps create space. There's nine inches of clearance between the bed and the floor. That's pretty roomy for just about anything you need to tuck away or for good feng shui, not keeping storage under the bed is amazing. So having that space actually creates good energy flow. So fun fact about that. Also, Thuma has high standards for both craftsmanship and aesthetics. Because each bed is handcrafted from eco-friendly, high-quality, upcycled, walnut-colored wood, you'll find beautiful, unique variations in the natural grain. And Thuma doesn't just talk the talk about being eco-friendly. They work with one tree planted to help plant one tree for every bed frame sold. And the bed is GreenGuard certified, which means a cleaner, healthier home. Upgrade your space with The Bed by Thuma. And right now, for a limited time, you can get free shipping on your order. Just go to thuma.co slash vibin. That's T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash V-I-B-I-N to get The Bed by Thuma shipped right to your door for free. Thuma.co slash Vibin. Seriously, these beds are gorgeous and so easy to build and it will last you a lifetime. Go check it out. Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> I took some notes because I didn't want to forget what I was going to say because this is so timely, of course, as the universe would have it. This morning, I was snooping in one of my boyfriend's books that he's reading. Well, I wasn't snooping. I bought it for him, so I also kind of wanted to read it. So I was skimming through, <laughs> and it was this really cool book about um, the, the masculine archetypes of like king, warrior, lover, and um, there's one other one that I'm forgetting. But when they were describing the king archetype, they were saying that um, the king, one of his main purposes is to keep himself in good health and good standing and good well-being because in ancient times, like if the king isn't doing well, the crops are suffering or it's not raining and like everything in the king's land and the king's world is um, going to do as well as he is doing, which is just like the basic law of attraction principle of right. like your vibration is creating your reality and people really understood that back then and i think it's important that you touched on this from the feminine dynamic which is like even though you're taking care of all these other people and you're holding space and you're being of service first and foremost you have to be connected to yourself and taking care of yourself and loving yourself and holding space for yourself because that can be reflected outwardly in your reality and in your relationships. So I just thought that was a fun thing to talk about because I was just reading about that this morning. Mm. I said it again. Yeah, absolutely. I love it how these things come into our field so powerfully when we open ourselves up to them. And Kelsey, you are 100% right. It always impacts, you know, it's like, you know, you can't be a wonderful coach or priestess or space holder or healer um, if when you are in the presence of others, your ego is running wildly through your mind all the time with things like, am I doing this right? Does she like me? I'm screwing yeah. this up. I'm not getting this right. You know, I, I'm not as good as that person that I saw on Instagram yesterday, etc., etc. This is what I talk about when I talk about sovereignty. Mm. You know, those are the sorts of things that 
when we start to experience them significantly are calling for us to heal you know because if we want to be the really amazing sacred spiritual leaders that we are it's not about taking another course to be a better public speaker you know it's like that's just the surface level stuff it, it is about what do i need to do to really heal myself and keep bringing myself back to wholeness constantly so that i can be and this is one of the great um great modes i guess of the priestess so that i can be that she can be an empty vessel somebody that has the capacity to hold such powerful space for someone that it's like she almost doesn't even exist in that exchange that it's all about the people or person that is in front of her because when we're in presence with people like that that's when our own healing has the capacity to take up all the space that it requires and we don't feel any energetic pushback of you're too much, this is too much, I can't hold this for you, etc. And so the great work of the priestess, it comes from all inside first. So I want to know how long have you known that this was who you are and what was your kind of journey to discovering this priestessing, this amazing work that you do? Mm. This is a question that I, I love, Lindsay, and I, I often get asked it in interviews and it always makes me smile because it actually, the realisation or the real start of the path for me as a priestess from a conscious perspective actually began when I was interviewing someone. Mm. Yes, isn't that fascinating? <laughs> it's like... It was, it was very, very um, strange and something that I wasn't expecting to happen at all. Now, later on, I was to realise that I'd actually come from a whole lineage of priestesses and I can share that with you. But I was interviewing an amazing woman uh, for uh, a magazine and I asked her the question to share with us, to share with our readers, what she considered to be the greatest learnings and education that she'd undertaken in her life that was now contributing to what was her incredible success. And she said, well, I've taken lots of courses in my life and I've done lots of things and education wise, but she said, I would have to say that it is my path as a priestess that has offered me the most significant impact in my life. I'd never heard of this word before. And your ears went, whoop, what was that? <laughs> my ears went, my ears went straight up. Exactly. My heart just kind of exploded. I, I had goosebumps all over my body and I felt like this tingling, like this oh, rising. It was that just, sounds like activation. Yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. And honestly, I swear the rest of the interview was probably really bad because <laughs> I just completely lost my place with her because I was like, what is happening to me? You know, and immediately afterwards, I just dove down the rabbit hole, Alice in Wonderland style of exploring the entire world of the priestess. And it was within a couple of days, a few weeks, a couple of months later, and I kept it very private to myself to begin with, that I realized I am actually one of these. This is, this is describing me. This is what I do and this is what I've always done. 
I've just never known it thanks to the patriarchy and keeping everything suppressed and quiet and all of those sorts of things. It's like, oh my gosh, this is me. And so I then stepped into it deeper and deeper. And then when I started to do some ancestral healing and work, I really came to realize that my mother and grandmother and so many other women in my family, while they would never have called themselves a priestess because they didn't even know that that was such a thing, when I looked at their lives and what they had done in service to other women and girls and their community through their work, through volunteering, through their activism, I was like, oh, okay, this, this is real. Like I might have only found out about this now, which is about seven years ago now, but this is in fact part of my DNA. So can we touch on, you mentioned, um, briefly about your celtic lineage can we talk about that of course Lindsay's obsessed. Can. <laughs> pretty sure that i'm the same i mean i'm so obsessed with my celtic heritage but i don't know enough about it so i want to hear your story well i am one of those um white anglo-saxon people that very much has the the overwhelming core of her dna uh and uh, cultural lineage is from, uh, particularly from Scotland. And also <laughs> my dad was born in Scotland and spoke with a very thick Scottish accent his entire life. Oh my God, and... you're my new best friend. <laughs> it's such an unhealthy thing that I have with Scotland. I, I can't explain it, it's so weird. Anyway. Have you I, been? Oh, you I've, must go. I've been twice and I uh. insisted that I had Scottish DNA. And this is like, I told this story last week on the, on the episode, but I didn't have it. And then I did. So they updated my results. I'm not even kidding. And I'm 34% Scottish. Oh, wow. 28% like regular English. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to my Brits. But that's like overwhelming majority of my DNA. And, and it, I just feel so vindicated. <laughs> I felt it. You know what I mean? Anyway, back yeah. to you. <laughs> oh, no, that's completely fine. I understand. I feel very connected to my Scottish heritage as well. But then I've got some English, Irish and Welsh mixed in there as well. And I have an interesting streak of, of about 12 to 15 percent of um, uh, Greek and Italian and, nice. Balkan, you know, that's in there, which is an interesting, uh, an interesting little um, mix in there. But I very much... You know, Australia, where I am from, we are, of course, uh, you know, we're originally a British colony, um, you know, uh, from the white settler perspective, of course, there have been uh, Indigenous folk here, and this is their land and always will be for many, many thousands of years before we were. Uh, but that is the line that I come from. And the reason it became very important to me to really explore my Celtic lineage and ancestry and history. Actually, a lot of it had to do not just with me personally, but with a lot of cultural appropriation that I be began to see playing out in various different spiritual communities um, by white people, in particular white women. And I, I just, couldn't understand why it was that time and time again, I saw so many white women uh, taking, using and appropriating 
in ways that were not appreciative, but were actually uh, damaging and destructive. Practices from other cultures that were not theirs. They, they simply were not theirs to own and not theirs to make money from mm. and not theirs to you know, lead with. And part of that, I think, has to do with that a lot of white people um, somehow or another are disconnected from their own culture or think that they don't have it. Have you ever thought about your cellular health? No, me neither. <laughs> Why would we? Random, right? Because cells are the foundation of our health and makes us who we are. And one of the important building blocks of our cells is called NAD, which is vital for things like sleeping, breathing, eating, drinking, just only some of the most important things that you don't necessarily think about much either. The bad news is as we age, our bodies don't make NAD like they used to. And here's the good news. There's a way to boost your NAD levels thanks to true niogen. True Niagen helps to counteract the effects of time on your body by promoting cellular repair. It also helps with healthy aging by supporting cellular function and metabolism to maintain overall health and well-being. True Niagen can also help you increase your cellular energy. It replenishes the decline in NAD due to stressors such as lack of sleep and overeating so you can keep up with your active lifestyle. Also, I will say that if you guys read the reviews online for this product, there are some crazy things happening to people. I'm not saying True Niagen is claiming that they do all these things, but people are writing reviews that they're having less gray hair, that their sunspots are disappearing, all these crazy cool benefits of using True Niagen. True Niagen also helps with cellular defense in the face of stresses such as alcohol consumption or immune stress, which is a form of cellular stress. True Niagen has caught the attention of the scientific community with its remarkable ability to boost NAD, and they have over 10 clinical studies to prove it. I've actually been taking it for a couple weeks, and I've already significantly noticed my energy is better. Being a mom of three kids, that's huge. And I just feel better overall. So I, so far, so good. I love it. So give yourselves a boost with True Niagen. Right now, new customers can save $20 on a three-month supply by going to trueniagen.com slash vibin. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com slash V-I-B-I-N to save $20 on a three-month supply. trueniagen.com slash vibin. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right. And in fact, that's not true at all. And all of us have beautiful and incredible spiritual practices that we can explore. And when we do that from our own cultural lineages, it is so powerful and it is so potent because we're doing things that once upon a time, women and other people within our own cultures and our own family, our own blood once did. And we're yeah. carrying on those traditions. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't appreciate and can't admire things from other cultures. And maybe we've had experiences of being taught in new lineages, but that's very different to you right. know running the local new age shop and, you know, buying smudging sticks and dream catchers and then somehow or another incorporating those into your work when they are in fact, you know, uh, First Nations mm -hmm. uh, practices that deeply belong and have spiritual uh, meaning only to 
even particular people within those cultures. You know, it's not this, these, and these are the things that some people don't understand. I've had conversations with Indigenous people where they've said, actually, even within our culture, uh, you know, unmarried women are not supposed to do that. It's not, it, it's not just about that. It's, there's so many other things. It's like you see at Burning Man and, you know, Coachella and things like that, young white women running around in uh, headdresses. They're not worn by women at all within, for, within you know, Native yeah. American culture. They are only supposed to be worn by men and men who are chiefs of communities. You know, that's just one example that's been shared with me. It's not just, there are so many things that, you know, I'm very passionate about this topic, as yeah. you can tell. I, you know, I just think that it's something that exploring our own ancestry is not only so deeply respectful of others um, and making sure that our we're in right relationships with other cultures, yeah. but also that we explore it for ourselves because it deepens our own spiritual practice. Yeah. And I love that you said that because, I mean, I definitely believe in, you know, like a universal truth okay without getting too controversial there's a million different versions of basically the same idea and i can guarantee you your ancestry probably has something that you can grab onto that isn't as you say damaging to other cultures i really like that you touched on that i am very excited to find out now like all of my <laughs> all of my ancestors like what they used to do in their rituals and stuff uh i might be a witch i don't know i'm still deciding <laughs> i'm still deciding <laughs> well, yeah, and and do you know what, Lindsay, that's a really great thing to say because often when women begin to feel a calling to explore these sorts of things, you will gravitate more towards one than the other. Yeah. Priestesses and witches are different. Yeah. Um, they contain lots of similarities, but they are different. And you often find that you will be more called to one than the other. Now, would you say, I don't know if you know this, this might be a silly question, is a druid closer to a priestess or a witch? Do you know? Or is uh, it completely I, different? <laughs> no, it's not completely different. A druid or a druidess is, uh, it's a Celtic term, as mm -hmm. you know, and it's closer to priestess. Okay. And so in some Celtic aspects, there, there would be some women that would prefer to be called a druidess than a priestess that that would be their um, preference and so they can be used a, a little bit interchangeably most people in the modern context seem to gravitate more towards priestess um, but druids and druidesses were once again in ancient Celtic times, they were those people in communities that were considered to be spiritual leaders. Yeah. They were conduits of the gods and goddesses. They held ritual. They held ceremony. And so, yeah, there's more of a connection there to priestess than witch. Because I'm super called to that word. <laughs> right. There know. you go. I'm going to have to look into it. I'm going to yeah. have to look into it, I have it, a Julie. personal question since I have yes. a priestess expert oh. here on. <laughs> what can you tell me? just to get me interested about Mayan priestesses, because mm. I know I come from Mayan descent, but I don't actually know that much. So I guess that's my invitation to study more. But do you know any interesting things that you could share? Mm. Well, I actually speak to Mayan priestesses in my book um, on the priestess. Ooh. You know, one of the things I wanted to do in that book was include 
information about different um, cultural aspects of the priestess around the world. And so, yeah, what can I tell you about Mayan priestesses? Well, I can let you know that they were extraordinarily revered and powerful. They were considered more often than not to be oracles. And so they were very much looked towards to be uh, for their psychic abilities, um, for their abilities to predict, um, their abilities to forecast um, what was coming um, in the future. They were extremely politically powerful. Mind priestesses were held, and this is not uncommon in other cultures as well, but they were held very close to the most powerful men and people of the day. And so they were not that far away from whomever was king, whomever was governor, whomever was the chief of staff <laughs> at the White House of the day. <laughs> they were, you know, those Mayan priestesses were not very far away. They were, Kelsey, extremely connected to the moon. And so there, there were a lot of lunar influences and practices with Mayan priestesses. And the last thing to let you know, <clears throat> hold your breath, clear your throat. Uh, they, they also were one of the priestess collectives, which sounds, you know, you kind of have to hold your breath for it for a moment. But they also partook in ritual sacrifice. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yes. mine's yep. hardcore, so that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. <laughs> not, not just of the animal kind, but of right. the people kind. <laughs> and so clearly, now, of course, back in those days, and this is a whole other topic in itself and I don't know an enormous amount about, but it was, it was considered to be just an extraordinary honour. Right. You know, uh, an extraordinary honour to be sacrificed, to sacrifice your <laughs> life, to ascend to the gods and goddesses in that way. Uh, it is, of course, now, uh, you know, called murder. Right. <laughs> and so we well, don't, we don't think, go there. <laughs> and um, I think in this day and age, too, people are, like, so self-centred. They're like, well, I don't want to be fucking sacrificed. Like, I'm going to be the loser who's sacrificed. Like, are you kidding me? But mm -hmm. back then, if people had a whole different perspective about it, then I can understand why it was a more powerful spiritual thing. Lindsay, we went I just have to say, I, conversation when you were gone. For that I had minute. to run and get my baby who just woke up and my husband was looking for his phone. But I came back to murder <laughs> and sacrifice. Yeah. I feel like I missed the best part of this episode. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, no, you're, you're gonna, gonna have to go back that, and listen. That happened when you were gone, Lindsay. It was kind of like if you needed to tend to a little one, I'm kind of glad that you weren't here. We're talking about my priestesses. I mean, anybody that's watched Vikings on TV, you'll yes. know that the Norse engaged in ritual sacrifice of people. You know, the, the mines were not the only ones, but interestingly enough, priestesses of mine descent actually played a significant role in that. But the main thing to let you know, Kelsey, is that they were extraordinarily powerful and very, very revered. Mm, I like this. This is all feeling nice in my body as you say it. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm not down to sacrifice anyone in this day and age, but maybe I was back in the day, you know? Like, Mayans are badass motherfuckers. Well, look, so. and, <laughs> and what's normal is normal, you know? Like, it wasn't, right. it wasn't at all the same idea that 
we have about it now. And that's another thing that's so interesting. Remember, Julie and Kelsey, when I said, chances are there's a practice or a ritual that it stem, spans across all different cultures. Like, isn't that ho not hilarious at all? But isn't that so strange that people who never would have come into contact with each other are have the same kind of like spiritual rituals? It's just so fascinating to me that they have oh. the same idea. <laughs> and that's just Absolutely. one of them. There's hundreds, hundreds of them that are very, very similar. Oh, you're so true. It's it's like, you know, different cultures from an ancient perspective around the world, uh, you know, just one example, have used smoke clearing, smudging or smoke cleansing in some form or another. Lindsay, when you begin to explore this for yourself in the Celtic line, you know, our version of smudging is called sensing or saining. Okay, and it, it is very, very similar to what I have seen in First Nations and, and other practices. Yeah. It's just done with different things and it's, the, it's called different things. You know, Celtic people used mugwort and rosemary and different types of uh, leaves and plants and, and twigs to do their smoke cleansing and clearing. But yes, yeah, smoke, water, fire, there are very, very similar and, um, or at least connected rituals to those things um, throughout the world. And it's just really wonderful to explore what they mean within our own cultures. I cannot wait. And it is really unfortunate that, okay, it's a good thing and not a good thing, I'll tell you why. So I feel like I have to mention that we as white people are the ones who have these records for the most part you know we can go back and we've seen we can keep we've kept records for hundreds of years and unfortunately we've either destroyed the records of other cultures or they just don't have them so if we have this resource look into it and i'm so fascinated and excited to do that i know that people listening are like hmm, wonder what mine are you know i feel like yeah. everyone's about to go down a huge <laughs> rabbit hole yeah. and i'm excited <laughs> about it i'm psyched well, we want to take a moment to introduce you to another one of our awesome sponsors, BetterHelp, which is a platform that connects you online to therapists and counselors who are certified, trained, professional, awesome human beings who can help you to achieve more happiness or help you get unstuck, help you with your anxiety, your depression, whatever it is that you feel like you need support with in your life. There are therapists on BetterHelp who probably specialize in supporting people in this way. It's really cool because you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Um, they have a broad range of experts available, which is really cool because even if there's not someone locally available that specializes in what you need, chances are there's someone on BetterHelp who can help you. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send messages back and forth to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional talk therapy. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. It's committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that it makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. So if you guys want to connect with this service, we highly, highly recommend it. If you want to go to betterhelp.com slash vibin, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash V-I-B-I-N. You guys get 10% off your first month. Great resource, great thing to know about. Go check it out. 
Well, that is a fantastic thing. And I think that, you know, one of the things that is really, it's, a, it's quite sad actually in many ways. And this is why I, I think, you know, the exploration of these ancient traditions, particularly for women identifying folk is so powerful and important mm -hmm. is that, you know, with the onset of patriarchy and capitalism and so many other things, you know, we shifted into a direction where, well, if it wasn't written down and it wasn't in a book or it wasn't in a library or you can't factually sustain that in some way, that that means that it doesn't have value and it doesn't exist. Right. Whereas many, many First Nations cultures around the world in particular, the way that they passed down information was through oral storytelling. Right, yeah. And traditions, you know, in that way. And we've got to talk to each other more because, you know, yes, there are things that exist in books, but there are also many, many, many other things that, you know, even when it comes to our own families uh, and, and traditions and things like that, they're not necessarily written down anywhere um, or, and we've got to either start writing them down or make sure we commit to passing on the stories. I remember, mm -hmm. you know, my grandmother, she was 98. She only passed away a little over a year ago. And I remember within the first minutes of her passing, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, where are Nan's recipes? Where are all of Nan's instructions for the Rose Garden? Yeah. And how you grow and tend roses. And I was speaking to my mum. I said, please tell me that this is written down somewhere. And she said, oh, you bet. She said, really? it's all written down. And I was like, thank goodness. You know, it's like we have to keep, we have to write our own stories. We have to tell our own stories. We have to write our own stories. We have to pass them down to our children. And this is the way that we keep traditions alive yeah. that won't necessarily ever make it into a book. That's like your lasagna recipe, but for your soul. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Now that's a quote. That's a quote. <laughs> I know I, I did the it. same thing. There are certain recipes of my grandmother's that I just loved every holiday. Just like I would look forward to them. And when she passed, I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> where's that stuff? I, it's almost the same thing. So I, I luckily my aunts um, had the recipes and I still have to ask them every year because I forget and misplace it, but I do. It's such a nice thing to know that you have, and it's just such a nice piece of them. And I think when you're passing along these stories, whether it be spiritual practices or recipes, you're not just gaining amazing knowledge, but you're keeping a piece of them, that person that you love so much. So there's, it's just so great. Yeah, for sure. So, and because I love books. Can you tell everybody one yeah. more time what your book is, where people can find it, and then if you have any other book recommendations on the topic of priestessing? Mm, yeah, well, my book is called, it's simply just called Priestess, um, and the subtitle is Ancient Spiritual Wisdom for Modern Sacred Women. And uh, it was released in uh, June 2020. Uh, so right in the middle of the global yeah. pandemic, you don't necessarily, you know, wish that upon your book, but it's been a year for all of us in so many different ways. It is what it is. And 
Oh gosh, that that book it really is all about um, inspiring women to find their own sacred and sovereign leader within. Um, it explores the priestess um, and the world of the priestess from an ancient perspective. So that's where the Mayan culture comes in, Celtic, lots of different things in there to give women today an understanding that this is not new. You know, this is not even just an archetype like sometimes I hear people talk about the priestess as an archetype mm. like it, it's sort of like an energy and I'm like mm. <sighs> it's actually significantly more than that these were real life people that walked the earth they did stuff they had impact it was not it's not just an energy these are people these are women that as leaders changed the world. You know, um, Enna Hudwana, for example, uh, a priestess from the Sumerian culture, is responsible for the world's first poems and hymns and poetry. Wow. Whoa, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, like the, 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 the way that people phrase hymns and poetry today is courtesy of her. You know, we have priestesses of past who, you know, built temples and that are still in ancient ruins that you can go to visit in Italy and Greece today. You know, the Melissae, uh, the priestesses of the bee in Greece were the world's first environmentalists. You know, these were women who were doing stuff. You know, this is not just an archetypal energy where, you, yeah. you know, they are genuinely people. And I wanted to include that historical context because, you know, they have lineages now all over the world. And I'm so proud of that book, you know, and, and the way that it's worked its way around the world and is inspiring women. And I think it's for women who already identify and know that this is their calling, but it's also for those who are priestess curious <laughs> and, thinking, and thinking, is this me? You know, what is this about? And all of that sort of stuff, which is wonderful. And Kelsey, uh, you know, truth be told, there are actually not an enormous number of books, printed books that are out there about the priestess. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot. Good that, thing you wrote one. <laughs> that's right. And that was one of the reasons why I was inspired to write one. I do, however, and I'm very happy to share a link with you, have a, a post on my website that talks about my top 10 recommended goddess books. And that's often a portal that leads people down a bit of priestessing path. And so I'm really happy to share that with you. And um, your listeners can check that out if they yes, want. Yes, please do. Good book recommendations in there. Yeah. Did you yeah, mention where to find great. your book? On Amazon? Is oh, it on Amazon? yes. Yeah, it's on Amazon, all okay. good, you know, online bookstores, all of that sort of stuff at my website. Yep, yeah, it's it's all there, very easily accessible. Booktopia. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll link to it in the show notes for sure so you guys can go grab a copy. Um, oh, and what else was I going to say? Oh, because you brought up goddess. Um, if we're speaking in um, terms of labels and identifying things, would you say a goddess is a more broad term and then priestess fits into that category or would you say they're two completely different things mm. 
They, this is a great question and I wish more people would ask it because I do think that sometimes people get them confused. They are connected, but they are different. A goddess is a higher entity. She's a deity, mm. right? So she is someone that people um, worship. Not a human. Correct. In a physical form. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is correct. May have, as some people may um, see them as one now. Like one of the, the ones that comes to mind is Mary Magdalene, for example. Mm. Well, some people, Mary Magdalene was a real woman. She walked the earth. Um, as some people now see her as a, as a goddess and so, you know, ascended in that way. And then there are other goddesses, um, just the same as there are gods that have never actually walked the earth um you know so someone such as aphrodite or venus or freya or someone like that you know they've always been in the higher realms whereas a priestess is a she's a real life woman um, she is somebody that is a conduit of the goddess mm. she is somebody that is a vessel for either the love or the fury or the power or the presence of whatever goddess or goddesses she may serve or be connected to. And so that, that is the difference there. And there are some priestesses in this day and age that do not necessarily feel as though they are connected or serving of a goddess in any particular way. There's more and more that consider themselves, if we wanted to sort of draw a line, consider themselves to be a, a servant or a conduit and I know I do feel this for myself in some ways as well of the greatest goddess of all which is of course mother earth Gaia Pachamama whatever Papa Tanuku whichever you know is someone's version of that it's like I'm here in service to the earth and the world and um yeah the greatest goddess of all so it just depends upon uh how someone views that or sees that in themselves, but two different things. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. And before we start to wrap it up, I want to ask, because I know you went into the definition of priestess earlier, and we've been talking about it for this whole time, but what are some like little signs that if women like identify with, then most likely you're a priestess? Like not to mm. turn this into a blog post, but what are some like <laughs> telltale signs that you might be a priestess and mm. you don't know? Yeah. Well, the first one is, is that if you're fascinated by this, it's a huge sign. Mm. If, it, if it's just kind of floating off your back and you're not interested to explore it, it's unlikely that you are. If, however, you're interested in exploring it and it's pulling you or calling you in some way, there's a reason for that. And I think that, in all honesty, is the most significant thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are one, but that's the start. If it's not tugging at your heart in some way, it's not there. The second thing is, is that I think that you would know yourself to be someone who is deeply fascinated or already immersed in the world of spirit and divinity, whatever that means to you, whether it be that you, you work with crystals or you, you love exploring the world of the goddess or you are, you know, um, passionate about plant medicine and magic, whatever that may be, or you love holding space for other women uh, or other people, they are all signs that you are in service to the planet and in service to other women in some way. And therefore, that 
is likely to be a very big sign. The other thing that's coming to mind to mention is that, and this is where you get, you know, deeper down the path, is that eventually you have to come to the realisation and understanding that it's not just a word and a title that you can claim and go, I'm a priestess, right? <laughs> You're ready for the work. And that stems right back to what I was talking about at the top of our episode today, which is that you understand that for you to be deeply committed to the path and world of the priestess means that you are going to be deeply committed to yourself. You are going to explore your ego. You're going to strip back your shadows. You are going to take the most powerful self-responsibility for yourself that you've likely ever taken. And you are not going to do it by spiritually bypassing or um, just saying, this is what I am, and then not doing all of the work underneath it. You know, I do a, a lot of priestess work in partnership with my beautiful um, soul sister, Sora Schilling, who's based in the USA. And we are constantly supporting and talking to one another about the fact that the real deep work of the priestess begins within. And then once you start to, you know, really invest and dive into that and explore your sacredness and your sovereignty and your divinity, that's when you can really step into being a powerful priestess and space holder. So you've got to be willing to do the work. Mm. Boom. Amen. Tell the people what's real. <laughs> <laughs> Louder for those in the that back. Was great. That was great. Amen, great. sister. That's it. <laughs> Well, thank you for being here. Before we um, dive into our little Patreon tidbit, can you tell everyone where to find out more about you, how to connect with you, work with you, and all that jazz? Mm, thank you so much. I think the best thing to do is just to go to my website, which is juliesuzanneparker.com, and you'll find the book, some blog posts and resources about the priestess there. Um, I have a priestess quiz if people are interested in exploring what type of priestess they are. And Fun. yeah, everything is there. So yeah, that would be great. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, Thank you. thanks for being here. Everyone who's listening, if ah, it cannot end here, join us on the Patreon because it will not end for a few more minutes over there. Um, and on our Patreon, we basically always post the extended version of the episode. Sometimes we pull Oracle cards for you guys. Sometimes we answer questions. We're just always doing fun stuff over there. So that's a cool way for you guys to support the show and get extra bonus content, goodies, love, VIP treatment. Um, we will see you guys over there. Thank you all for listening, for subscribing, for leaving us reviews, for sharing the show with other people. We love you and appreciate you and hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. We hope you love this episode. If you love High Vibe in it, become a part of our Patreon family. You can support the show, see the extended version of this episode, get bonus content, and access exclusive discounts. Head over to patreon.com slash highvibe to join. We have tons of perks waiting there for you, and we're always hanging out in there, so we hope to see you inside. Please feel free to share the show and help us spread the high vibes far and wide. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you feel inspired to leave a review, we always appreciate it. See you next week.